Well, hello there, and welcome to Rockets Bacchus, the Aho Family Edition. Uh, with us today, we have a co-host, Mrs. Rockets Bacchus. Tam, you want to say hello? Hello. And the crowd goes wild. So we had uh, Chief Michelle over the house for quite a few times. What do you? Uh, what's your favorite memory of him? Oh, there's too many to remember. Well, known be, them for thirty years. It's got to be something that stands out. The hot tub parties were always fun, although that's not here. That was at their place. Yeah, I think it, mine is a, still uh, when Michelle got a couple drinks into her. It was like a truth, <sighs> truth. Uh, uh, lie detector. She she could not keep a secret. It was always good enjoying a chief uh, squirm. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favorite. Anyway, we got a letter coming up. Uh, this one's from Dwayne Martin. I f- don't think it's actually from Dwayne. I don't think Dwayne can read and write. So this is actually probably from Heather. Um, some highlights of the amazing memories shared with Chief. First and foremost, Chief is one of those guys that always, and I mean always, wants to have a good time. That characteristic he holds is so infectious that if you're not having some laughs, well, well, you're a dick, and you have larger issues in life. I first met Larry in 1995. I was an FNG, fucking new guy. In, in the medical world, he was extremely welcome, welcoming to the point that was a little unsettling. He asked out of the blue... Hey, you and some of the new guys should pop by Friday night for some drinks. Being an ex-infantry guy, I thought, okay, it's a hazing or some kind of initiation. Fuck, let's get it over and move on. So I was wrong. Chief and his crew of close friends were extremely inviting. Pedwal in those days, there was, there was fuck all to do other than sassies. Or meet with some friends at a house, then sassies. No social media, no fucking internet. Just friends, true friends. That I am happy to say, almost three decades later, these people are still good, great friends. The ones that you may not speak to or see for many months. But if you need something, truly need something, these ones are there for you. I credit many of these friendships to Chief. Fuck, I don't want to inflate his ego even more. But after thinking of all the memories over the past two days, they all point to him. In or around 1996-97, we were out boating, clipping along the Ottawa River, when Chief tried to kill me. Well, no, not directly. He turned the helm over to Michelle. (laughs) She liked speed and feeling the wind in the open air. I recall it was an amazing day until we ran aground. I impacted, made me project like a rocket forward landing in the bow. I looked up only to see Chief's face as a rooster tail of sand was rocketing in the air. Chief ran forward to grasp Michelle's hand that was still on the throttle at near max speed. Chief, after getting the engine turned off, he immediately began to chuckle, perhaps a nervous chuckle, but still a hoot. We all hopped out in the ankle-deep water under Chief's instruction to try and push this massive boat off the sandbar. We did, and no damage was done, other than Michelle's pride. I think it was my first time meeting Michelle. Chief's ego was running high with his girlfriend, Michelle. Speaking of ego, so Murph, Randy, had his ex-partner, no names mentioned, that was organizing his fashion show. So Murph asked Chief to get a few guys together to do some modeling for his fashion show. At the time, I was like, fuck that, but Chief wouldn't let it go. I felt as I owed him this courtesy. We had some laughs to the point of near pissing our pants, 
see, we had to model underwear, bathing suits, and tuxedos. Chiefs pick, picks out his boxers and gave some of the others more banana hammock styles. Needless to say, we all could do is laugh at each other, which we all learned to do, make fun of others' misery. So I'd gotten used to seeing Chief in his underwear. However, nothing could prepare my eyes for this night. I was living with Chief and Michelle post-Bosnia tour. I'd been flown home two weeks early due to a trauma war injury. Broken leg while playing ball hockey. This is not this story. Is how That is not this story. This story is how a guy decided to break and enter on the park that night. Park was Chief's Chief, uh, the house that uh, Chief was in, lived at. I was awoken for some reason, placed my foot on the floor, and it was wet. So I thought perhaps the dog was in the room. So I got out of bed to hobble around to investigate whom was there. Meanwhile, Michelle was eight months pregnant with Cassandra. So needless to say, she was awake and tried to wake Chief to see who was upstairs. Chief being Chief loves his bed, so he said to Michelle, It's just Dwayne going to sleep. Michelle says back to him, I don't think so as I don't hear a cane or crutches. By now it's around 2.30 a.m. Chief's curiosity must have gotten the best of him to get out of bed. Meanwhile, I was on the hunt for the wet footprints. I made my way quickly, quietly downstairs. At first I thought Chief was made room at the inn, and who knows who was there. I peeked around the corner of us as I didn't know if Chief and Michelle's room was closed. I was taken aback as the silhouette was there in the darkness. I was not prepared for what was coming next. I stuck out my cane. The person on the other end grasped hold, and we struggled a bit. At this moment, the light was turned on. Chief was naked, <laughs> as naked can be, other than holding a baseball bat in his hand. He yells, who the fuck are you? And that moment, my eyes hard, had a hard time to process. Naked Chief and his bat, this dude holding my cane. We fought the guy to the floor. Me with my one leg and Chief with his parts out. Man, that guy picked the wrong house. There's a lot more detail to this story, but for now I go on with this image of Chief, not in the boxers, but in the flesh. Those images and memory is with me forever. (laughs) You can't unsee what's been seen. Chief is always a guy willing to help a friend in need. He hosted a stag and doe for Heather and I, for for Cameron and Cassandra. You wouldn't know this now, but they used to host the biggest parties. Homemade kegs of beer, 14 of them. Big kegs, not those pony kegs. They would... They would have live bands in the backyard. I recall it around it being around $20 to cover charge for all the food and beer you could drink and eat. Chief decided one way to help raise money for our wedding was to have, have us sit on a chair and auction off household goods. Things like ketchup, mustard, eggs, honey, and whatever else he could find. Oh, and at these parties, he would rent a hot tub. Great idea. Drunk army guys, beer, girls, and a hot tub. So the last auction item was two feather pillows for I think 50 or or $100 each. So I know essentially, so now, essentially tarred and feathered, he raised a ton of money. Then said, jump in the hot tub. I recall having feathers in and around the house for some time, but, but fuck, was it a hoot. There, there are so many good memories to share. Heather and I seem to always have a place to stay, whether, whether it was under renovations or not. We had lived with Chief and Michelle in many houses under Reno's, and they always welcomed, uh, welcomed us. Some more bullets of highlights. We, Chief Stag, was, at an epic, was an epic night. However, I envisioned us being beat up. See, we all dressed in 70s attire, wigs, high heels, platform shoes, leather coats, and bad jewelry. 
Chief was dressed well, just say in purple tights and a frilly top with a lady's wig on his head. And to top it off, he has a penis which was casted to his hand. Yes, like a cast on his hand. Man, what a hoot. This night was much fun. We decided to carry on the experience all week during the wedding vacation. A seven-night cruise was a lot of friends and family. Unfortunately, all that we would have to go were unable to attend due to work and family commitments. Sorry, Steve. Yeah, I did miss a good one there. Chief and I became very close over the years. So close, we asked him to MC at our wedding, which he happily said yes. Heather and I really cherish our friendship with Chief and Michelle. Even though as life becomes busy, we sometimes need to slow down to smell the roses, so to speak. I know you're a fighter that won't give up. We have many years left, my friend, and more work to do. Heather's two cents. I'm going to bet with less profanity here, Dwayne. Heather's two cents. I'm going to make a turn from the F-bombs and party side, although remembering back, there sure are a lot of good times. Honestly, an epic Chief party was where Dwayne and my journey started out. I, get, I got to know Chief during Ironman training. It was intense, hard physical training. Sometimes hard to maintain the pace. Chief will get it. There was a lot of time to chat and get to know your teammates. He was always so positive and kind. Chief has a huge heart and would do anything to help, even if that meant really renting really bad movies. Honestly, he lives large and really makes the most out of everything. He has a contagious laugh and a, and a real love for life. Him and Michelle have built a beautiful life with two amazing kids that are the spitting image of their father. I remember a Christmas holiday many years ago when Chief and Michelle and the kids called to see if we were home. They were thinking of stopping by for a visit, and within 5-10 minutes, they had pulled into the driveway and had settled in for an Ottawa visit. Time and distance never stopped a visit. When we were homeless, between postings, they were more than happy to, more than happy to let us stay with them, with all of their bunnies in the midst of Renault's They've always been there for us, and are so, and we are so lucky to have such amazing friends, the special kind that are more like family than friends. That's from Dwayne and Heather Martin. Thanks, guys. What do you got there, Tom? All right, so this is from Sarah Zimmer. So, Chief, I arrived in Petawawa in the early summer of 2003. I was a Navy girl who literally knew nothing about how Army bases function or knowing what I was in for. You were always the sergeant back then who had a smile on your face. And although I was pretty much scared of everything Petawawa had to offer, you helped ease my fears. I would point out that it was the opposite when I think Steve, when I think of Steve Copang, he always terrified me, which I think he low key enjoyed. Ha ha. From your genuine laugh to your friendly demeanor. I always think of how you treated me like I was one of the original medics posted there. Even when I felt like such an outsider, I remember being invited to a party in your backyard that was so legit. I see a theme going on here. And I knew a legit party when I see one that had a bar set up, bungee running around trying to grab the tree across the yard. I felt so honored to be part of that night. I was working at RCD UMS at the time, and I was finally being accepted into the world of Petawawa after coming there as a remuster after many years in the Navy. I always worried I would never fit in with the Petawawa medical crew, and you made sure I was included. Flash forward to when I bought my house on Algonquin Street, which was stumbling distance from your house by the catwalk. You came over for some house inspections, giving some amazing advice to a new homeowner and meeting my father and stepmother. You would always pop over if you could to have a beverage, some laughs, and a good chat. 
You gave me some advice on how to seal the caulking in the bathroom, but were so fucking stoked for me to have bought the house and embracing the Petawa life, even after I used to cry every day when I first got there. The next time I ran into you was years later. I had left Petawawa in the fall of 2006 to go to x-ray school out in Edmonton. I didn't make it back to Pet to see everyone as much as I would have liked, and I remember seeing you in Greenwood at the med spiel and how you still had that big smile on your face. It was so great to catch up with you, and I felt like barely any time had passed. There are so many other moments that I'm sure I could think of, but overall, the ones above were the most impactful. But I always loved to chat when we could. I wish I had something else that was meaningful, but just know that the news shook me up, and I know there are no words I could say to change anything you're experiencing. Thanks for making such a positive impact on my life. You truly are a gem of a man and one of a kind. Ricky Bobby, my French bulldog, and I are thinking of you out in Langford. Sarah. Hey, thanks, Sarah. That was great. I can't believe I scared you. I have such a friendly visage. Visage means face, for uh, chief. No need to run for the dictionary. All right, uh, this one we got from uh, Lauren. Lawrence, glad I ran into you at Remembrance Day service here in Brighton in 2019. Thank you for the kind words that you spoke to my granddaughter. You may not remember doing that, but I certainly do. I also wanted to thank you for attending my Departure with Dignity dinner back in 2011. I'm not sure where you were posted at the time, but I knew you had to drive a ways to get there. So again, my sincere thanks for your graciousness. We did not get to spend much time together at Two Field Dam, but I was grateful for your daily assistance and friendship as I took over the company Sergeant Major's job of MedCoy. You may not know, but I had prostate cancer in 2019. It was diagnosed by a chance on a routine blood check, and so I was able to have the prostate successfully removed and have been cancer-free since. So sorry to hear about your diagnosis. Cancer sucks, but life is still very precious. In closing, Lawrence, thank you for your friendship and your dedicated service to Canada as a professional and courageous member of the Canadian Forces Medical Branch. God bless and keep you and your family. That's from Lauren. Thanks, Lauren. Who do you got, Tam? Okay, this is from Brendan Hines. All right. I'm not sure if I said his last name right. A brother from the Beavers here, Brendan Hines from 2CR, then DHTC. Please pass on my best and warmest wishes, warmest wishes to Michelle and to Chief. I just heard of his illness and I haven't seen him in probably eight years. Last time we had a good laugh was when we sat with a bunch of in Whistler at the Olympics and some sergeant major tried to say they didn't want the two units sitting together. Of course, he was similarly fucked off. (laughs) If Michelle doesn't remember me, she may remember scaring the crap out of me by seeing me in the gym once when she was pregnant and saying she was so excited to share her news with me, etc. Then realizing I wasn't breathing anymore. She laughed and said, idiot, I'm Michelle, chief's wife, remember? It's okay. Damn, is he too good a man to have this happen to? Chief has always been a stand-up guy, as a friend, medicans, or soldier, and I'm sure as a dad and husband. Always with a good ethic and moral compass, he was great for advice and guidance when someone more hot-headed, like me in the day, or more foolish, also like me in the day, came along. It's been way too long since I've seen Chief. I struggled to keep in touch with people, and the years, commitments, injuries, family, and time divide us. It's never an excuse, and it's not meant to be. Because Chief, like so many, will always be a great friend, he and his family will always be under my wing, and he and they are always welcome to break bread with me and mine, to share a hooch, share a drink, a trench, a laugh, a hug, 
a piece of tent tarp or whatever I have. He's a good brother in every sense and a part of so many good styles and good stories. One of the only people I've ever given myself an IV or break rules to sort us out when we are hungover or come in with knuckles bleeding. Also not scared to tell someone to suck it up, which is part of why we always loved him. I would march to the gates of hell with guys like Chief by my side as a medic, confidant, friend, and ally. If there's anything I can do or anything you or anytime you need anything, I will cross oceans and mountains to be there. With deepest respect and love, Brendan Hines. Excellent, Brendan. Thanks a lot for that. Uh, we got the next one coming up from uh, Jim or James Abramchuk. And it goes, Hi, Chief. To say this is one of the most awkward letters I've ever had to write would be an understatement, and I've written quite a few. When Steve informed me about your diagnosis, I was gobsmacked, British term, and my own sense of immortality went down the shitter again. I'm at the age where a lot of my friends and peers are getting on. But when I hear about you, it's especially hard. I remember when you got to the field am as a young no-hook. We, you were cocky as shit, but reserved. You had and always did have a great sense of humor and had that special sarcastic flair to it, which I always liked. When you teamed up with the likes of Copang, Murph, and the other reprobates, it was almost too much for Busey and I to handle. <laughs> yeah, and you guys were the leading the charge most of the time. It's too bad we never got to work together after I left the field am. But we kept in touch as best we could at various functions, and I followed your career best I could. You made out great. Got your PA course and spent time with the weenies at C. Jiru. I'm not looking at this as any kind of goodbye letter. Rather, as a small message to a good friend from a buddy who was thinking about you at the time. Hopefully, after reading this, you'll have a smile with that shit-eating grin you had and reflected on some, some of the good times we had on and off duty and on exercises years ago. Keep your chin up, Chief. It's not over until the fat RSM sings. Anyone we know? LOL. Keep me, call me anytime you need me, and I'll be there, Jumper. Fair winds and soft landings. Jim Abramchuk. Okay, this one's from Jessica LaBelle. Dear Chief Aho, I'm very sad to hear you and your family are going through such a difficult and trying time. I would like to tell you how much you impacted my life. When I was sent on tour to replace another one of your staff, I was being harassed and you stood up for me when you could very well have sent me home. Then when the MS was keeping me from patrols and all the other medics were getting mad and taking it out on me, he told me I couldn't do it because he even struggled to do it himself. Even though you may have had your own misgiving and prejudged me from what others may have told you, you gave me a chance. You didn't treat me as all of the leaders in my career had. And after tour, you invited me to an after-tour party, even though I was not part of your unit. You and your wife made me feel welcome. The one thing that I'll always remember is that what you said to me that night. You told me that you were proud of me and then you wouldn't, and that you had believed that I couldn't do patrols and I proved you wrong. It takes a real mad to admit that he's wrong. And I don't think you could ever imagine what it meant to me. My whole life and most of my career in the military, I've been told over and over that I couldn't do things and I was treated unfairly because of it. My whole life has been about proving people wrong and you are the only one who ever admitted, apologized, and even gave me a compliment. And for what? And for that, I will be grateful. You are a good man and a good leader and I hope that you know that. You and your family and friends already know that, but I hope that you know that. 
Thank you for treating me with respect and dignity. May you find peace. Lots of love to your family. Sincerely, Corporal Jessica LaBelle. Thanks, Jessica. Uh, here's another letter from a, from a guy we served under, Chief, and who probably led more of the shit storm than, uh, and then got us out of shit, although he was definitely leading the shit. This one's from John Busey. Well, it's been a long... Well, it's been a while since we last have last spoke. Steve has told us what is going on in your life, and I do not know what the history holds, but you and your family are in our prayers. Steve said he wanted handwritten notes, but you would not be able to read mine, so I am going to send, send in an email. I've been looking for days for a picture of you. I have, I have one here of you and me sitting in a hurt getting ready to jump. I think it was a bare-ass jump into Rifle Ridge on, in Wainwright. It could have been last jump. Steve was doing DZ coverage and had a bottle of vodka waiting for me on the DZ, and we all drank it on the way back. I could be wrong. When we stood up on the aircraft, I told you I cut your static line and you had the JM check. <laughs> it was me trying to get you going again, LOL. I do remember you guys getting posted to the unit. Young, strong-willed strong -willed troopers and me, a young sergeant, trying to keep my shit together and keep you guys out of shit, LOL. Putting you guys through your prepare course before heading out on your jump course. You always had something to say, but was always willing to listen and do what you had to do. You, Randy, Tim, and the rest did push me to my limits and some time, but that is what you want from young soldiers, who you know are always going to do their best, and you never have to check on that, that they have completed the task. That was you and the rest of the guys and the girls. We drank a few pop together and a few laughs. Did some good, good work together. You drove me to the better... You drove me to be better and keep up with you young fellas on marches and runs. I'm still looking for that picture, and when I do, I'll send it. Larry, Chief, if you and your family need anything, the number's on, on here, Chief, you can uh, read it yourself. Do not he hesitate to call. Always here, John Busey. And yes, John, you were wrong. It was a bottle of lemon gin, and I was in Red Deer on extended leave while you guys went on exercise. <laughs> Why lemon gin? I don't know. Uh, what do we got, Tam? Um, this one is from Mike Cantley. So sad to hear this awful news. My fondest, fondest memory of him was when we did our U.S. Army Jungle Warfare course in Panama, Central America in 1996. Chief was attached to 24 Field Squadron for the course. Chief came down with heat stroke and I had to keep him awake by slapping him repeatedly in the face until he said, please stop hitting me. <laughs> After numerous troops attempted to give him an IV and kept missing his veins, he grabbed the needle and did it himself. He was and is such a tough, resilient individual. Great medic and even greater person. And then it says Chimo. Chimo, yep. Mike Cantley. <laughs> Chimo, damn engineers. Um, yeah, harder than Christmas candy, starting your own IV. Uh, this one's from Tony Brown, Chief. Chief, as you know, we first met on our QL5 in Borden. When I heard my roommate was Larry Aho, but nicknamed Chief, you were not what I was, was expecting. I thought you must have the wrong room. To this day, I'm not sure how you got that nickname. I've heard at least three versions. We became good friends quickly, and I think we had a pretty good time in Borden. I've never been on course with as much drama, shack damage, and hand-to-hand -hand combat. Back then, you had an infectious smile, and it was hard for people to stay mad at you. Lucky for me. I remember you were proud to be a jumper. Loyal to your comrades back home and seemed to be having a good time in Petawala. I enjoyed our hard work pass pissing off our fellow students and the school staff. 
The instructors of the school were, cl- were clever to split us up for phase two. I think they had enough of our antics, and I think we were both relieved to pass. A year later, I was tasked to to two Canadian or combat engineer regiment for a NATO-led Bosnia mission. I was back. I was in the back of a truck with the N tarp down, passing rucksacks and kit bags to people I couldn't see. Some clown was throwing the kit back in the truck one piece at a time. I pulled the flap up, and of course, you were also supporting two CR UMS. Excellent. It was a good good summer of training in Petawawa and Gagetown. We both enjoyed working with engineers, and we're looking forward to the tour. It didn't hurt that we were working for Tom Ashman, who was a sergeant at the time, and not bad at hacky sack. <laughs> I, rem- I remember bears, dust, and freezing our ass off in that M113 ambulance. At the end of the main exercise, the 2CRCO made the decision to let its troops go into town. The catch was no drinking or charge since we were flying back the next day. We amended that order and decided to have two small beers at Don Cherry's Grapevine. Unfortunately, it was happy hour, and our plan began to slide sideways. I remember hanging onto the brass rail and watching you to try to get the attention of three girls on the dance floor. You brought your best hip-hop and running man trying to get them to break rank, and after about 45 minutes of intense cardio, you returned. You had a crazy smile and told me, those girls want nothing to do with me. Of course, I was AWOL the next day for the flight back to Petawawa and had some explaining to do. You helped sort it out, and we were back in business. As you recall, I was even late for the parade when the CEO was thanking the augmentees for supporting the training. We had a house party that night before I fell asleep on the couch. Unfortunately, I didn't join you on that tour. Too bad. Would have been fun. You are an excellent guy. I value our friendship, and I enjoy reminiscing on when we were young and foolish. Take care, and God bless. Tony Brown. Thanks, Tony. Our letter for Chief Michelle Cassian Cameron. Hi to Chief and family, Michelle Cassian Cameron. Greetings from Sharon Bell, Neil Thomas and the kids, William and Catherine. Thankfully, Derek Nearing brought this letter writing campaign to our attention. We wanted a chance to tell your family how much we care. We had no idea what we could say, only could think, think of cliches to express our concern. Neil and I listened to some of the early letter submissions from coworkers and realized that anything we could add would be inappropriate. We met you later in life and never experienced anything like the military workplace or camaraderie. But after 20 minutes of laughing at the stories, we knew that if we knew nothing of your previous life, your buddies may never have seen you the way we seen you the way we know you. Our families were brought together by our five-year-old daughters as they ran off excess energy and festival Paul Pembroke. It was intermission. It was a children's performance. We've completely forgotten what the name of the play was. We are forced participants, but it was much better than we expected, perhaps because we saw our kids' enjoyment of the evening. We only have a vague memory of fairies or ballet on the stage. Maybe you were also out of your element that evening, Chief. You introduced yourself as Lawrence. It was a few years later that we heard Michelle refer to you as Chief. Curious name. It suited you, but we had no idea of the irony behind it. We continue to see you, Michelle, in your parenting role over the next few years. We know you're always busy with business ideas in the military job. Can't call that a day job. And we observed your love of Cassie and Cameron, your patience with them and their friends, and your ability to entertain kids. Our memory of seeing your large family trailer for the first time after we had offered you a place to set up for the July 1st long weekend is burned in our brains. 
Black Bear Beach Campground was full. Your trailer was much bigger than we had expected. The road might have been longer, narrower, or steeper than you expected. And after you had pulled off an amazing feat topped off by backing into the perfect side trail, I spent a few days thinking that it would be impossible to drive out of the road. Not only was it steep, but there was also a tight corner on the uphill. Since you did exit successfully with only a minor adjustment, we have since built a house on that hill. Although we would have just moved into the trailer if it was permanently stuck there. I have to apologize for my kids. They are fascinated with your trailer's indoor plumbing. I doubt you had anticipated an emergency trip to dump the tank mid-weekend. We were glad to see that the tank could be removed for dumping purposes. Perhaps not a pleasant job. Enough stories for tonight. We think of you often. Look after yourselves. Sharon and Neil. Okay. Well, this, this one is from uh, Derek Nearing. Hello, Larry. I want you to know that I was shocked and saddened to hear the news of your illness from Steve Copang. It was surreal to hear the word cancer and your name being used in the same sentence. My first memories of you were, in the ma- were of this amazingly friendly and fit guy. A booming smile, optimistic outlook on life, never one to be in a foul mood. I remember going to the house on Park Drive a couple of times when you, Tim, Pipe, Randy, Spidey and the guys were all living together and the fun times we all had. Things and, and times were so much simpler back then. No rank, no worries about the future and only thoughts of enjoying the moment. I remember a few times when we would do some crazy sh- things like the time Michelle Quinton asked if you, Randy, myself, and a few other guys would do a step aerobic or skip rope, not sure, marathon to raise money for the Dundonald gym. We had to dress up and it went the entire afternoon. Lots of good working out that day and thinking back, boy, we were some fit. When, when I lived with JC, there were those times when you would drop by for supper or times when you and Tim and Randy would join us for a simple meal of spaghetti and meat sauce. When I was around you and the guys, it was always welcoming and felt good. It was like being around family and being safe and protected. Thanks for that, Larry. It was appreciated. One of the finest, funniest memories took place one summer when you had the boat, the big yacht. I remember it was, quite, it was quite a time and not much going on Saturday when Tim called me and said, Derek, what are you doing? Of course, nothing was going on, so Tim said, you, he, and Randy were going out for a few beers and some boating on the Ottawa River and asked me to join. When I got down to the yacht club, you were needing a few bucks for gas, so we all chipped in to fill a little of the tank up. With this, we were, all, we were off and out to have some fun. First, you would get the boat going as fast as possible, then we would cannonball off the back one at a time, and you would circle around and come to pick us up again. This is when you all learned I couldn't swim as I almost drowned, but Tim fished me out. So we continued just to go up and down the river. When you asked Tim and Randy if they wanted to get the waterboard out and would pull them on the rope attached so they could do some gliding on the waves. It was during this time when Randy was on the board and you hit a particularly big wave. The board lost contact with the water. Then Randy and the board hit the water hard, smashing into Randy's forehead. And he was almost knocked out and bleeding with a bleeding forehead. You quickly turned the boat around, and when we were about 25 feet out, I jumped in the water and swam to Randy and took him back to the boat and lifted him to you and Tim to pull out. All the time was going on, you and Tim were laughing at me, a non-swimmer, jumping in to get Randy. And here you were, all bronze medallion and excellent swimmers. And here a non-swimmer never even thought about it and jumped in. 
that was a fun and good day, which ended with a few memories made. Larry, thanks for everything. Being a friend, understanding, and for just being there. I never told you, but I was messed up from Somalia and Rwanda. In those times, you dropped by the apartment and I was alone, or it took me with you guys when you went on the boat. Did more than I can explain to you. You guys did more for me than I can tell you in a letter. I am forever grateful for you being there for me during a time when I needed just to be around someone. It was meant the world to me. Thanks for everything. Forever grateful for your friendship. Derek Nearing. What do you got there, Tam? All right, this is from someone named Ashley, and I'll read more to the end. I sit here completely and utterly stunned by the news of your illness. I'm sorry to say that I haven't kept in touch, and to be honest, have thought of you often in passing. Funny and awful that now you are my predominant thought at the forefront of my mind, making my heart ache. There is no way the world can keep turning without your laugh in it. I can still see you sitting in the sunshine, laughing at the picnic tables outside work, dodging nuts from the angry squirrels as we all tried our best to survive the awful work environment we were in. I never would have survived that situation without your advice, support, mentorship. I'm so regretful I did not attend your retirement party. I apologize and I wish I went and had more memories with you to share and hold on tightly. I don't know what to say, Larry. All I know is that your friendship was very meaningful and important to me, and the loss of you in this world will never leave, will leave a hole in my heart that would forever stay empty. I see you crystal clear in my mind, and I can hear your laugh, you laughing, and that sound will forever make me smile. I hope more than anything that you pull through this, and I've been off, and whoever runs this world 30 more years of my life to give you 30 more. I would... I. The, oh, sorry. The world cannot be without you, my charming friend. My heart is with you, Michelle, and the kids. God, they love you more, and as you love them. Please know I will think of you always, and your family are always in my thoughts. I wish you comfort and health, and please know I will always treasure our friendship and carry your goofy, smiling face with me. And then she puts a P.S. Also, it was very hard to find paper, and I have a hand cramp, and seriously, this is the only letter I've written in a decade, I'm sure. I don't have any social media, but would love to talk again or write if you feel up to it. So Ashley, and I don't know how to say her last name. Gar- look. Gardine? Jardine, I think. That, that's it? That's it. For that one? All right. Um, this is a short note from Christina and uh, Danielle Beal. Lawrence, a life well-lived is a precious gift. You, my friend, are a great example of this. A true warrior trusts and draws strength from friends. So please feel free to draw from Christina and I until the end. Christine and Danielle. And on the back of their car, they go, best hot tub shenanigans, skinny dipping in the Ottawa River, best host ever. All my freckles. (laughs) Christina. All right. I'll let you read the last one. Well, thanks. What do we got here? This one's from Dan Whitman. Chief Michelle Cass and Cam. Dear you, this is going, going, this is going all over the place, much like how our relationship has been over the past 30 years. Holy shit, 30 years. Where do I start? Well, I have no idea where to start. I have no idea where to end either. Maybe it's with how I feel because it's always about me. LOL. You know, you know me and I have never lost for words. I mean, seriously, have you ever seen me not be able to say something? 
Well, when Steve asked us to throw our thoughts to you and the family, I hesitated, and it wasn't based on the fact of not wanting to do it. It was based purely on the fact that I refused to accept the situation. I am sitting here struggling with what words to put on these pages, and that is me being out of sorts with the whole situation. I truly do not want to accept the situation. What I do accept, however, is how much of a hero you are in the eyes of your family. From your strength in your day-to-day values and your teachings to your family on life, right to the strength, right to your strength and how you are dealing with this current adversity you and your family are facing. I commend you for your continued strength in these challenging times. Sense of humor. Kaz and Cam, you are two of the most exceptional kids I've had the pleasure of having you in my life. Your parents have loved you with everything they had to have to offer. And that was from dad. So that was it for the letters there, Chief Michelle. Um, there's, there's some more, but we'll get to them at another time. Um, I suppose you should say something nice to Chief, about Chief. Got something nice to say about Chief? No. <laughs> I got nothing nice to say about Chief either. Must have something nice to say about Michelle, though. I love her. <laughs> yeah, you're all right too, Chief. Um, on that, we're going to sign off. The audience loved you as a co-host there, Tam. Of course. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, feel free to contact me at any time. Um, hi, Mom, Zach, Nikki, and Greg in Newfoundland. We know you're uh, listening for sure. And have a good one, uh, Chief and Michelle. Cheers, guys. <laughs>